0: Hey guys, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Answers for Everything podcast. This week, we have a special guest from East Coast, Canada. Her name is Shiloh, and she is a love and relationship coach for women. And she's gonna be answering a couple of my questions about relationships, a couple of our listeners' questions about relationships, and she's gonna be giving some really good free advice to all three of you out there who are listening. So before the episode starts, I just wanna let you know that you should really pay attention, grab a pen and paper, and write down some of the stuff she's about to tell you because I guarantee that either you or someone you know could use some of this information as we speak. All good? Yep. All right. So you accepted my invitation. It was touch or go there for a second. I was terrified you are just going to hang up on me. I was
1: like, you can't record me. What are you going to do with this information?
0: Everything. I mean, (laughs) I'm a tech ninja. What can I say?
1: You might share it on the internet.
0: (laughs) If anybody's listening, because I think we have four listeners, maybe five. I'm not too sure at this point. But if uh, you're one of those people or you're a new person, we have a special guest. Her name is Shiloh. Shiloh, tell us who you are, what you do, and um.
1: Okay. Well, thank you for having me on your little show. This is a lot of fun. I am a loving marriage coach for women who love their husbands but kind of hate them too. That's my little catchy tagline. Mm-hmm. But it's basically women who know they're married to really good men, but stuff's not really working out, and they've tried to talk to him about it or go to therapy, and he's not really game. So my thing is helping those women create, you know, a real life love story to fix it all without their husband's participation in the actual work of talking to me. Um, I live in rural Nova Scotia. I have two little boys, three and five years old. I'm happily married. I hope so. That's why I can help other people. Um, by the way, don't take advice from people about your marriage if they're not happily married. And yeah, I think that's the short answer. I'm just happy to, happy to be here and answer whatever questions you guys have.
0: So, when you say that you help women with their relationship with their husband, with their marriage, without their husband being involved, does, mm-hmm. is there any situation where, where a man would come to you, or has come to you and said, hey, you helped out my friends, my wife's not game, can you hook me up with some ideas?
1: Yeah, so I I kind of moonlight with the men. (laughs) That doesn't sound good. But basically, I help men as well, but it's always kind of like one at a time. They seek me out. They're like, hey, I really like what you had to say. And the way it works is men usually ask for help when their wives have asked for a divorce. So they're like scouring the internet and being like, who can help me with this? And so when they hear me talking about what women are dissatisfied about, they're like, oh, she she knows why my wife is acting this way. Yeah, And maybe she can help me sort this out. And so, yeah, it definitely, it happens. I focus on women just because that's the niche I've chose to focus on, but I do help men as well.
0: What moment in your life did you decide to go down this path that you're in this field right now?
1: Well, there wasn't actually just like a moment, but looking back on it, I can see that this was like my hobby and my interest my whole life. I was always reading like pop psychology and self-help and personality profiling, you know, stuff about gender and relationships. I just found it fascinating and kind of like this puzzle that people weren't seem to be able to solve, right? Like I, I, from a young age, I thought, okay, everybody, well, most people want to get married and they're very excited about this. And then you have a plus 50% divorce rate. So what's going on here? Like nobody plans to get divorced, right? So I didn't have a moment, but it was something that developed after i was married after i had kids and i had gone through my own rough spot and had come through it and i thought wow i really need i really need to help other people because i felt like i had done some work on myself before i got married i didn't get married really young i thought it was pretty mature my husband was pretty mature and then we were still you know having this kind of friction in what ostensibly was a very good life, you know, a privileged life. So I thought if I'm having problems like this, I'm sure other people are too.
0: So your current husband is your only husband ever, right? Correct. And you said there was rough patches and now you helped other people before. So now you decided to help yourself. I don't understand exactly what happened. No, I
1: helped myself first. I helped myself first. I found the solutions that I needed.
0: Did he help at all in that or was it all you? It was all me. All you. So was he just like adamantly not wanting to reciprocate, or was he just trying to ignore it, or how did you get well, through like how do you get through to somebody who doesn't want to play ball, or maybe they're just oblivious to it, and you're like, hey, I got some ideas here. What do you think? And then they're like, oh, uh, yeah, I yeah, that right, that's right. These have been happening. Thanks for noticing. I didn't notice it.
1: Usually, well, what happened with me and what I see with the type of clients I work with is their husband is oblivious less defensive. So he has different desires or vision for the marriage than she does, but he doesn't realize it's different, right? We don't know that we're thinking different things when we get married. And typically by the time a woman is asking for participation from her husband, she's also criticized him a lot and said, you're not doing this right. You're not doing this right. You're not doing this right. Why don't you do this? You must not like me very much. Like all these, all these things she said to him, which have closed him right down to her influence. So the next time she brings up, let's work on this book together, let's do that together. He's going, why do you always have a problem? Like, I think things are fine to me. And this is kind of the paradigm, like he's fine and she's not fine. And so when I was in the dark place, it was like, how can you not care how I feel? Why wouldn't you want me to be better? Like, I couldn't wrap my head around what it might like to be him.
0: Oh, are those conversations you had with him when you're in a your dark place? Or is that just something you thought of? Like, did you actually sit down and be like, hey, throw it all on the table. This oh, is a hell, yes. deal, and you and I need to sort this shit out. Like, this, oh, is, this isn't going to be... I threw the deal.
1: gauntlet multiple times.
0: I mean, obviously you talked about it and you might have an answer. But what do you think his thoughts were as to why he would say, we're fine. We're fine. What's your problem? Um,
1: because his experiences growing up were of not happy parents married. So there was no image of what this kind of could be. So the normative frame was we were already way better than what he grew up with. Right. Yeah. He was like, this is this is pretty damn good. I've seen yeah. pretty bad. Right. So what's your problem exactly? Um, right. Like so it, it's nice?
0: like the, the bar yeah. was so low that yeah. he, he had already gotten everything he needed out of marriage at that point.
1: Well, and, you know, the thing is, is that I see now where his dissatisfactions were like he wouldn't have said it to me. Um, maybe he wasn't aware of them or like the, the skill of taking your emotions and processing them into articulation is not something everybody is doing right. Oh, yeah. like a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, suppress their emotions. So if there's a negative feeling, you, oh, don't make a big deal about this. Put it back down. Right. Um, and his personality type and what i see with a lot of my clients is they have this more stoic husbands right they're accustomed to suppressing emotion and not complaining and if something is shitty that's just the way it is you just soldier on right um and so i was like negative and complaining and kind of difficult in that phase. but he didn't know what to do about that he figured i was just whatever being myself and he figured he was just being himself right like He said this to me, I see this with my clients, you complain to him and he goes, well, like, are you trying to change me? Like, you don't like me the way I am kind of thing. Like, this is, this is who I am because everybody's just acting instinctually. You're just behaving the way that seems right to you in the situation.
0: So when you say that you're, you're complaining to him about, about him, right? Yeah. Was he changed as a person from when you first met and started dating? Did this like gradually grow or was it the same person now as it was back then? and other things just got in the way like did he change
1: yeah i would say i would say that well everybody changes after the honeymoon so that's the first thing to know right like however someone operated in the first three to six months is pursuit behavior right Mm -hmm. like you're focused on winning this woman, so your energy and your attention is all focused on her now this is stuff i've read but also i've seen in my marriage and others is that essentially your husband's trying to get you and then once he gets you He's focused on providing and protecting your family. So the energy gets diverted away from you. And women feel this cooling effect. Like, where did he go? Why is he so busy? Why is he working so hard? Why is he not looking me in the eye, you know, touching me casually all the time? He's just like, what? We're fine. Right?
0: When you ask those questions, you but do you ask him those questions? Hey, why don't you yeah. look in the eye? Hey, what's going yes. on? Why are you yes. working yes. so much? Like, Why do we have this thing anymore that we had? Like you have your own thing. I have my own thing, but we had a thing and that's gone. And
1: yeah, so I brought that up with him. I would say like one time I said, like, you just, you haven't like hugged me in like months. Like how can you go months and like not hug someone that you say you love, right? Cause he would say like, of course I love you. Of course I'm attracted to you. Like, this is not an issue to him. In his mind, he was still the same and he still felt the same. Um, And so for me, seeing this cooling or distancing he didn't. He wasn't aware of that to himself, or if he was, he didn't want to complain to me about it. He didn't want to tell me, "Well, it's because you're negative and nagging me," or whatever. He didn't want to get into that discussion, so he just said, "Well, you know, I'm." It's kind of like the "What do you want from me?" Like we have kids, we're working hard, like we have a good life. Why are you not appreciating the stuff I'm already doing? Um, but yeah, I I had many sit down conversations. I had many large fights. I suggested many books um and it's funny looking back on it because it was just so fruitless like it was just the wrong tack to take and partly that's because the conventional wisdom that is out there on relationships is you should be very direct right you should say you're not doing this i don't like it do that and i've read all those books before i got married So every time he did something I didn't like, I was nipping it in the bud. I was like, don't do that. Don't like it. That doesn't feel good.
0: I I could see how unhappy that would make him feel, right? Right, right. I mean, I'm just pushing myself in that situation. And the last thing I want to hear on a daily basis is, you're not doing this right. You're doing this wrong. Why don't you do this? Why did you stop doing that? It's like, well, why don't we talk about it? You know, don't tell me all the shit about me. Because, right. I mean, I have lots of shit to say about you, but I'm not going to say it because I'm going to keep that stuff in and I'm going to try and fix this on my own. But, okay. I mean, if you lay it all on the table and chit-chat it out, i will be a lot less fights.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you you nailed it there. Like, I feel like the masculine training is, like, don't bring it up. Like, if you don't – and it's – it's kind of a good wisdom about relationships, right? You shouldn't focus on the negative stuff. You shouldn't say your laundry list of complaints because there's always gonna be things that irritate you about your partner and telling them about it every day, like you said, is never gonna make it better. Um, but when resentment builds on the part of the person who is, I guess, pursuing or seeking change, then all they notice is the negative after a while, right? Like that's how I got it, it was like, Oh, my husband's grumpy or, oh, my husband's being negative or he's doing these things I don't like. And it it starts to get to the point where you think that's who they are. Like you said, like, was that his personality right from the beginning? And yeah. I just was like too stupid or something. Well,
0: I, I, I never said that. I never once said you're too stupid.
1: <laughs> no, that's what I said to myself right that's what i said to myself i know you didn't say that but there's always that question you ask yourself like if things are this hard like i chose to marry this person was yeah. i totally delusional like what was going on there
0: well that's why um, i asked, because you might not have chosen to marry that person who you marry who you're with now you chose to marry a different person at the time right like you said mm, you're all about pursuing right. pursuing pursuing that's why i want to marry that dude right. loves me that dude wants to chase me that dude wants to do things with me and for me he wants me to right. do things for him But then over time he no longer is that person because he's already done all those things and he's moving on to easy street right you know lounge chair you know hanging out (laughs) going to bed together like nine o'clock at night kids asleep going to like dances for the school and stuff like that that's that's like different a different step in marriage that that you're you're gonna do but i mean like you said if you don't talk about the things that they don't do for you anymore Mm -hmm. it's it's just gonna leave you full of resentment Right? And he, he can't fix that without your help. You can't fix that without his help. But you definitely need to talk it over to fix it.
1: Well, I'm actually going to say that talking it over doesn't always work that good either, because I tried just kind of the calm, calm approach. And the reason it doesn't really work is because if if you don't feel like if you don't feel inspired to pursue your wife. Like it's, it feels like a job, like something mm. about it doesn't feel like mm, you don't really want to do it. Right. They already go to work then, eight
0: hours a day. They don't want to come to go. They don't want to go to work after they've already been to work. Right. That's,
1: that's right. So when you're giving them assignments and saying, you should be doing this and you should be doing that, they're going like, this is my place to relax and feel good. And I want to be with you. And the other thing is, I think that men, women miss this one a lot, but men have an instinct that if I make you a job, I'm going to like you less. So I don't want to do anything for you. Just because you told me to, because now I'm gonna resent you. Cause yeah. like I'm you're I'm like under your thumb and stuff. Whereas women will often do a lot of things for their husbands they don't want to do and then resent them. Like they'll hold it against them that they went out of their way to do things they didn't want to do for them.
0: So they went out of the way to do things for them without the yeah. husband asking or wanting them to do it, and then they hold it against them. Even though the husbands never asked for it in the first place. Yeah. Wow, that sounds terrible
1: yeah so one of my my first rule to women is don't do anything you don't want to do like all that stuff you're doing that you think you have to do just like stop doing it is a revelation to them they kind of feel like they have to they feel like they're supposed to or something um
0: do you think that's a society thing like what what is the reason that they think they have to do it you think yeah i mean i don't know if there is an answer i'm asking you if you know answer, not the answer but
1: well, i have the answer just kidding.
0: all right well, what's the answer
1: <laughs> well it's a combination of nature and nurture right so i'd say that the societal answer is we model ourselves our mothers right and our grandmothers and traditionally speaking you know women have had these the, the role of the woman is to do to serve the man to serve the family to take care of everything in the home and women now work outside the home too but the model for a good woman was still to do all those things. So women feel compelled to do all of it and mad that about that, but still doing it. And then the other reason I would say is instinctual and that's that um, women's survival until very recently depended on pleasing the people around them, like being in the favor of their men and being in the favor of the women around them so that, you know, cause they could just, Like we were not big enough. There was no society to protect us. There was no social safety network. If your husband dies at war or hunting, you need the women in your community to take you in, right? You need to be likable. You need to be pleasing. And your partner as well could hit you, could kick you out, could abandon you and your children, right? So essentially we are um, evolved to be people pleasers. And that's why women will talk about when they get to like 35, 40 and they stop giving a fuck. It's like a whole thing on TikTok, right? That's your estrogen dropping. You stop being so concerned and so susceptible to what everybody feels around you. Um, I've had this conversation with my mom and it's so interesting because we have quite different personalities. So Mm -hmm. on the surface, it would look like I'm a lot more assertive and she's like a lot more passive. But both of us expressed having such difficulty tolerating other people's negative emotions. Like if your husband's in a bad mood, you think it's your fault and you're doing stuff to try and fix it. Hmm. which causes more problems. But most women will have this kind of like over-functioning instinctual behavior until somebody teaches them otherwise or they kind of mature out of it.
0: So your mother's relationship, like is she with your dad? Are they?
1: No, they got divorced uh, after 30 years.
0: So do you want to talk about that? Cause that's a long time to, to be with somebody and then to decide they don't want to be with each other right right my mom and my mom and dad weren't together when i was like nine seven like super super young right Mm -hmm. and my mom's been with the the same guy since i was like 15 so she's the same guy for a very long time now like they're married she lives down in the states um i think they're happy i mean i'm I'm assuming they are because you know there's you know there's no real fighting or any you know broken dishes or black eyes or anything so i'm assuming everything's okay (laughs) yeah and my mom and i chat about everything it doesn't matter what happens on a daily basis to me like e- even if i like do the stupidest thing or if i see like something out in public and I, I like to talk to my mom about anything like literally anything like i just went to the bathroom hey mom i just did number two this is what it looked like she's like what why do you have the need Why do you have any, <laughs> any pictures of this like i don't i don't need this but looking at it more carefully you should go see the doctor because there's a little piece in the corner there that i think isn't good for you <laughs> All right, cool I'll look into it so like my mom and I can talk about everything so I'm sure if there was a problem she'd let me know but yeah. 30 years 30 years and they're no longer together like is that a, a new development or is that like years ago they broke up I don't I don't know how it old was years
1: back. ago so so like my mom got married and she was 21 um, and so I was like in my late 20s when they got divorced right so it's funny I remember my mom telling me when I was younger like, all oh, these people they're married for 30 years and they get divorced like she couldn't <laughs> yeah. understand it yeah and then she became one of those people um,
0: did you ever bring that up to her
1: Oh, God. Yeah. So my mom and me are like your mom and you. I'm seeing some similarities here. Like we talk about it all. There's no holds barred. Um, and I was a bit of like her support person when I was a teen. Yes. So I've saw it kind of develop. Um, she apologized for that now, by the way. She knows I wasn't so healthy, but um, she's awesome. She's done a lot of her own inner work, which I feel like has rippled and supported me in, in maturing myself. But so times have changed with marriage, right? like in my mother's generation you stay together for the kids that's it yeah you do and you don't and especially she's the evangelical christian so she basically started getting serious about confronting my father when my youngest brother was about to graduate right
0: Ah, out of the net that's kind
1: of the math there that's kind of the math and she was hopeful she thought oh you know we'll work on things and you know maybe this can be the time to figure stuff out and and so she got to the point where she was like, I can't tolerate this anymore. And I don't have these kids to make my reason to stay. Right.
0: It, it almost at that point, you don't feel like you're giving up. Like you gave it the old college try. You know what I mean? 30 years. You gave it mm-hmm. a generation. Mm-hmm. You, 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 it's not a giving up. It's a moving on. It's no. a completely different <laughs> yeah. ballgame. So it's got to be easier than you ever expected it to be up to that point. Right. Then you're like, this is actually pretty easy. There's no reason at all for us to be here together. Are they still civil?
1: Um, They're civil, yeah. My mom is extraordinarily loyal. Like, she's one of those people who would... She she believes forever. She hopes forever. I can do this. I can hold on. I can make this work. Like, she absolutely was going to do everything in the world to make it work, and she never talked about him to anybody else. So everybody else thought it was wonderful, too. So the other thing I've learned, you cannot read a book while it's covered it's relationships, because people are quite careful what they project, for the most part. But yeah, she... She did not want to get a divorce. She never wanted to get a divorce. And she fought for a long time not to. And she actually became ill with um, myelodysplastic syndrome, which is a bone marrow disorder. And she was going to have to like, go through a transplant and stuff like that. And when she got her diagnosis, when she realized she couldn't handle the stress anymore. She yeah. was like, I can't engage in this stressful relationship and and heal and take care of my body and i don't know if you know gabor mate but he's really famous for books like you know when the body says no and it's there's all this huge body of literature that shows that people who are in unhappy relationships their immune system is incredibly suppressed and they get way more diseases and they're just like and it's really really bad for you to be in like that constant conflictual state yeah and so she that that was sort of the, the i guess the sign she needed to be able to let go but she she was hanging on like crazy.
0: And then as soon as she let go, she was able to heal.
1: She was angry for about a year. Yeah. So much suppressed rage. She just like, she was pissed off for so long. We are like, what happened to you? She's a really kind of person and, you know, very sweet. Right. So everyone was like, whoa. Um, but yeah, after she, got over that year and fully extricated herself because you know it is 30 years it's not like that ends in a moment when you sign some paper that's a lot of untangling she went to divorce care she went like really dug into it
0: do you know what your dad did
1: during that time when he was dislodged from that family system he went up north and he moved around and he he struggled for probably a year and a half but then he came through and now he's got a new partner and he's he's all good for him yeah
0: Excellent. Mm-hmm. Happy ending. Um, before you started the business that you're in right now, what were you doing career-wise?
1: Uh, so I've dabbled, I suppose, in lots of different things, most of them education-focused. So I taught English in Japan for a while, and then I taught um, primary Montessori for a little while.
0: Sorry, I don't know uh, what uh,
1: Montessori is like a Italian alternative education style, I guess. It's like uh, just but- tangible, manipulatables.
0: Where did you teach at? Uh, Vancouver. Oh, so yeah. Japan to Vancouver. now to Vancouver
1: Nova. and then to Nunavut, where I taught early childhood education to adults at their Arctic college, um, which is really fun. That was a cool job. And But when I started this, I was focusing on being a mother. So I quit the job up north when we moved to Nova Scotia and I was pregnant with my first child. So for about... Two and a half years, I was solely focused on parenting before I started this.
0: Was it a rocky start or did everything just click and gel? Because you said you've been reading like self-help books, all the books. Like you read, you were reading all the books and you said something you were really into. And then obviously you saw like your your parents' relationship fall apart and you couldn't do anything about that. So you're thinking like maybe there's a place out there for somebody that wants to help people not go through that. So even if if you had the skills back then, you... It would have been futile like it just would have been
1: so here's a funny story actually when i was in japan i was reading all the books and i wrote my dad a letter saying these are the things that mom needs and if you don't do them you're going to lose your family and right. and he wrote me this diatribe about how i was disrespectful upstart and shouldn't be telling him how to live his life um so i tried right? you, and you i saw the writing that letter of oh no
0: I, I would no, have. I that, that would have been a Christmas card for <laughs> the Honestly, I, I'm sort of a vindictive like asshole that way, but like in a funny way. That that would have yeah. been that would have been like uh, Valentine's Day card. Here you go. Hey, do you remember this? Do you remember this? Just so you know, I'm right. You're wrong. I win. You lose. With oh with, my god! With a happy face, obviously.
1: Yeah, that'd be pretty freaking amazing. I've I've only probably in the last five years detached from the entanglement with my dad you know like where now i can laugh about it and i'm just like this guy's not gonna learn like i was just trying to teach him my whole life like you're gonna learn i'm gonna teach you and then when i realized that approach was totally futile i like finally backed off and was like you can do whatever you want and that's okay it's your life Um, but that would be funny if i sent that to him that would be (laughs) hilarious That he's happily married now so it would be maybe funny at this point um you asked about did it gel right away and it really did it was kind of like I found my place in the world
0: did other people push you there did they say hey Shiloh you really thanks for the advice that really helped you should probably do this this is something you should do for a living
1: people would have said that to me earlier in my life but the answer was always to be a counselor to be a therapist yeah and I had this notion that therapists were supposed to listen and not talk and not give it advice (laughs) (laughs) I was like I'm not built for that like I'm a and I used to coach basketball. Like, I'm a directive person. Like, if you if you want me to help you, I want to be able to help you with everything I have, yeah. not just like reflective listen. Not that I think therapy doesn't have value. I go to therapy, I think it has a lot of value, depending on what you're looking for. But when you have a, an acute problem that you need fixed, you need you need both strategy, support, tactics. Like you need the whole kit and caboodle, right? The whole book. Um yeah exactly and i enjoy doing that so what happened basically was that i discovered this world of coaching which is a fairly new phenomenon right of people niching down into these specific problems um usually and hopefully things that they've conquered themselves so it's kind of like a mentorship role um and then you know helping just in that area right where the therapist is much more generalized and will you know just sit down with whatever people coming up for people thing so when i realized there was that option I was like, this is exactly the place that would suit me.
0: So your skills now, how does that affect your relationship? Like, did you come into this job based off of your experience with your husband? Or did you already have this knowledge and you use it to make things better with your husband?
1: So I took my marriage from like unhappy, like not sure I'm going to make it to like, Oh, I can make things better. I know how to create emotional safety in the relationship. And when that happened, when I discovered that, then I started my work. Right. But since I've been working, I've been growing and learning more skills. And so what's so cool is it just keeps getting better, right? Like I just keep refining and tweaking and, and, um, you kind of build on it brick by brick because the better your relationship is. The easier it is to make it better, right? Like turning yeah. the ship around is a lot of work. That's, that's the, hard, that's the heavy lifting where you have to kind of be really conscious of your reactions, not just, not just emote, like needlessly be a little bit more strategic about how you approach things. But once things are happy, I mean, you just express how happy you are all the time and things get better, you know, like it, yeah. it gets easier and easier. So I'd say that it, it's both partly, you know, I learned it to teach it. And now that I'm teaching it, it. It's fun because I get to help other people with it, but keep improving my relationship at the same time.
0: So, with you improving your relationship, does your husband ever say, "Can you just stop the psycho stuff, the babble just Just talk to me. Like, what, what do you What do you need? What do you want? Like, I don't don't play a game. We're not here to play games. Just let's Let's fix that. But please don't do your thing on us. Like, you know, like I'm not a, I'm not your client. I'm your husband. Let's sort this out.
1: So here's the big difference between the old way and the way I do it. There's no thing. There's no like weird. It doesn't feel weird because what works is to be attractive. That's what works, right? Is to be someone who understands the other person you're dealing with and communicates in their language. So I just become easier to be with essentially over time. It becomes more seamless. It becomes... Mm -hmm. More effortless for me and more effortless for him and um one of the kind of rules if there should be rules is that you shouldn't be talking about your relationship very much because like you said it's kind of like right like do we have to talk about this thing all the time my yeah. husband used to complain about that a lot when i love talking about the relationship like can't we just enjoy the relationship you have to talk about the relationship and i was like i love talking about relationships <laughs> um You're now i get to do that all the time
0: bad relationship.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but partly I think doing the coaching is critical to my marriage because that's something I need to do. Like I need to analyze and talk about relationships. That's what my brain and, is built for. Yeah. So I need to not be talking to him about that all the time. I need to be enjoying the relationship with him. And yeah, I'm still doing things to create a better relationship. So to, to make this a little less esoteric, the basic formula for women is you figure out what you want. Right. You take responsibility for knowing exactly what you want and you don't complain. Complaining is not effective, it doesn't work anyways. So all complaints can be returned into requests, right? Yeah. So if you're complaining, you're feeling negative, you're having a funk, Why am I in a funk? One might be doing no self-care. Get on the self-care. Um, two, is it something that my partner, I want my partner to bring to me, right? And then it's like, okay, so how can I express this in a way that's going to be inspiring to him? That's going to make him want to do it because why wouldn't he want to do it? Right. I'm this fabulous person who he loves. So you have faith in him, right. That he's not holding out, not trying to be a jerk. You know, he doesn't not care. He just hasn't grasped on a deep level, how important this thing is to you that you want. If he got it, he would do it. So you communicate in a way that is inspiring for him. And then when he does it, you appreciate the hell out of him. And then you just end up in this upward spiral of him doing the things you want happy and then he feels really good because he's affecting your happiness in a positive way all the time right
0: yeah so when you said earlier the things that the the little things that women do that they feel they have to do for their husbands to appreciate them and you said cut those out just stop them right now don't do any of them you don't need to do them they're not your job did you cut things out did you did you just oh
1: yeah
0: have you started doing any of those things again or do you not need to do it does he do those things like
1: he does some of them which helps a lot um some of them i just lowered my standards like when it comes to house care i was just like basically it's a priorities thing do i want my relationship to be happy or do i want to have a spotless house because i'm killing myself to make it that way right Mm. so now it used to be clean the house first and feed the people and then put myself in there somewhere which never got to me right
0: well you run out of time right
1: was prioritizing my environment and my family over myself because that's what was modeled to me again my mother was martyr human and so when I flipped that around and went okay I have to whatever get my exercise get my shower you know have some me time talk to my friends that meant that the stuff in the house gets pushed off the bottom of the list so things get a little bit disarray in my home sometimes um and in the past, I would have felt guilt for that. I would have projected that I was being judged by my husband for that. I would imagine that he cared a lot about that stuff. Would he most ever? Women, no. If it's really bad, you got it's got to get really bad before he says anything. So, um, And that is he and right? then it's too bad for me, too.
0: Hmm? Does he have a right to say anything if, like, the, the kitchen counters are dirty and the sinks full of dishes? Like, can't he just wash them? Instead oh, of yeah, being, he could. Instead of being like, uh, why isn't Shiloh doing this? And you're like, yeah. bitch, I got other shit going on. What you're complaining about in the time you took to complain, you could have washed for those dishes. Half of the work would have been done.
1: And that's why I think he doesn't complain at all because he kind of grasped that reality. Like I don't, he, and what's good about it is I've asked about, but I also realize now he appreciates what I realized a lot and he's not nitpicking about stuff. Like he's yeah. not there supervising me, but if you have a really negative self-talk, you imagine that everybody else has it too. So women are thinking, I'm not doing a good enough job with my kids. I'm not doing a good enough job with my house. I should be in better shape. Why don't I ever dress good in the day? And then they're, they are imagine their husband is thinking those things too. So then they feel kind of resentful at him. And, then,
0: and deep down, you you know, they, they're not thinking those things.
1: Well, that's what I've proven. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I try to tell women. Like Like, basically... This happens on both sides. Men and women will work very hard for their partner in areas that their partner doesn't value that much or not as much.
0: You find that all so, the time.
1: Well, it doesn't get what you get you what you want, right? There's finite amounts of energy. Yes. So, so now I say, look, the most important thing to your husband is that you're in a good mood. That's like the happiest you can make him. Just like be happy and stuff. And whatever you need to do to create that happiness for yourself is less important than you being happy. And when you're happy, he's going to be drawn to you. He's going to be looking at you. He's going to be, you know, finding you. But when you're irritable and a grumpy fest all the time and trying to please him by cooking, cleaning, working hard, you feel really unappreciated. Look at all this stuff I do for him. And then he ignores me and like watches TV and plays on his phone. Right. Because women think that's the stuff.
0: It's really weird. You're, You're talking about this and I'm thinking like, that's the greatest advice in the world. She should be charging for that. And right now this is going to go online and this is going to be free. It just ruined her whole business plan. <laughs> like, that's the number one thing. Be in a good mood. And that's it. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Pretty, it's pretty easy, right?
1: It's what it is. Is it is. It takes a level of awareness that doesn't come naturally, right? And we also don't understand the opposite gender like we understand ourselves.
0: Oh, hell yeah. No, I understand so- that
1: that's a big part of it we we project our own inner world onto them and then judge them because they're so different than us like how could you yes. be that way that's like makes no sense it's What's wrong with you
0: i work with high school kids and they they complain about their girlfriends or their boyfriends right like their right. opposite sex couple partner right. and I, I just like stop what i'm doing i look over it's like hey man if you're so unhappy just start to like dudes you guys can both watch sports together. You can go drive fast cars. You can drink a beer. You can play video games and you have no problems. And they're just, I don't, uh, I don't think I want to go that route. It's like, well, and then, then fix your problem. Like if you try to get along with her, like get along with her. If you don't want to deal with it, there's another alternate out there. You can do just do, do the alternative and have no problems because dudes understand dudes and girls understand girls. Right.
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that because I offer a similar advice in the, in the form of, you don't have to stay married. Like you're treating it like you're in a jail here and you have to put up with this person. And therefore you're blaming them for being a man and being different and pissing you off. And it's like, you asked to get married. Yeah. So if you want to be married, this is about acceptance. This person is different than you. And if you want them to be exactly like you, you'll forever be frustrated and like just irritated at them. And the other part of that is, like you said, it's like if you're attracted to men, it's because they're different than you. That's why we're attracted to the opposite sex, because they're different. Yeah. So, you you know, you got to take it all all as a package and women will think that they want men to be more like them but the men who are more like them are less attractive to them that's your buddy who you never date yeah but that's that's one of those
0: and there you have it hopefully you enjoyed part one of love and relationship coach shiloh minor explaining what it is that makes a good relationship even better tune in next week to hear the conclusion to this episode (laughs) Was your 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 was